Tunkel Trainee Teachers podcast. I'm Simeon from the Trainee Teachers segment and with me today is Hannah. Hi everyone, nice to be Today's topic is workload and we've got two very special guests with us today. They are from the Teachers of Tomorrow podcast. Please welcome Sam and Matt. Hello, hello, hello Simeon, hello Hannah. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on and thanks for having us on. Hey guys, you're right. I mean, privilege to be fair. I don't think we've ever been called special in our lives to be fair, Mike. I'll take that, you know what I mean? <laughs> not, not unless it's by me or you. Yeah, yeah. Big ourselves up. <laughs> So just for people who aren't familiar with your podcast, would you like to tell us something about it before we start? Well, mate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, go on then. Um, so yeah, Teachers of Tomorrow podcast, as you said, um, we've been going since uh, the first lockdown. Um, we have an episode out every two weeks. So it comes out every fortnightly Monday. Um, and it's basically, we're both two PTC trainee teachers. Hence why we're here, having a, having a chat with you about the, the trainee teacher life. You know, it was Sam's idea to come up with the podcast, just two lads, um, two friends that met as undergraduates um, and love talking about education. Um, so I thought, yeah, we'll, um, we'll start recording them and maybe a few people will listen. And th thankfully, a few people have, so that's good. Yeah, we just love um, connecting and meeting uh, new people like yourselves and I've uh, been fortunate enough to... You know, have some amazing guests on the likes of Professor Jonathan Glazard, um, Professor Damien Page, Dean of University. Uh, had some amazing teachers come on, likes of uh, phase leader Katie, Her Katie Hemmings um, and Lois Jowett. And again, you know, just so many different people from different walks of education. Uh, and that's, we kind of just want to use it as a bit of a platform for trainee teachers to learn like we are, really, because... Uh, we don't really know that much, so we kind of use a podcast for other people to teach us, and then hopefully the, the other trainees that are listening, you know, will learn as much as we do. So, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been great, isn't it, Sam? Yeah, to be fair, buzzing with it, and like like Matty said, just I think we're in a really privileged position with how our podcast has gone. I don't I don't think we ever expected it to to do what it's done really, but with the guests that we've managed to get on and and people who want to come and speak to us, it, it's yeah, we're, we are really privileged and we don't take it for granted. And it's, yeah, I mean, we were saying, saying the other week, actually, like both both of us are pretty full on in our phase three. We did a podcast episode uh, last week uh, with Emily Weston, wasn't it? And or and yeah. uh, Sh Sh Shannon Do uh, Doherty as well. And like after that, we were like, wow, we needed that. So actually yeah. to, to have it as a like a low down to get rid of the stress and stuff is actually class because end of the day me, me and Matty are like really good mates and yeah I don't mind chatting to him sometimes to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah sometimes sometimes even I can force myself to chat to you mate to be fair but yeah no I remember that day actually tough day that one and uh, yeah, yeah. We spoke, spoke with Shannon and Doc as you the episode's come out now actually uh, talking about a new book coming out 100 primary ideas for maths very good for trainee teachers so if you're if you're a trainee teacher looking for um, some ideas of maths that's that you go to um but yeah just so nice to have a chat with with like-minded people that just after a long day um so that hopefully this is going to do the same here as well yeah. <laughs> well uh we really appreciate you coming on with this will be released on friday but we're recording on a monday so that's especially nice of you to come on with us um now since it's mental health week and we're talking about workload i thought we'd start with something nice so what drew you both to teaching? Go on, Sam, you go first, mate. 
So basically, um, I did my A-levels and I opted not to go to university. I got an apprenticeship with a sports coaching company. So I like delivered lunchtime and after school clubs uh, to like a load of different schools and I observed uh, PE lessons as well. And there was one school that was like really impressed with me and they offered me a, a role as a PE assistant um, originally. But I turned up on the first day and the class, uh, the PE coordinator had to go to like class um, because uh, some teacher went off for the whole year. So I ended up having all the responsibility of being the PE coordinator of the school. And then partway through that year, I was then offered um, to, do, to continue to do my PE role within the school. But then I became a learning support assistant. So I worked one-to-one -one with like, children with uh, severe like, autism or behavioural needs. And I was quite lucky, actually, because I worked with a child who was classroom-based. Now, when, even when I worked at this school, I never, ever wanted to be a teacher. Like, I, I was a nightmare in school. And like going back, like being a teacher, I was like, nah, like, that's, just, that's just not me. And Not yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, to be honest with you. We'll, we'll see how the next couple of weeks pan out, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, ironically, I've seen a couple of like, my old secondary school teachers and stuff. And when I've told them like, I'm, I'm becoming a teacher, yeah, they, they, they can't believe they're like, you, a teacher. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I know. And can you believe it? But um, just that classroom experience, really, of being in a classroom environment and seeing the difference that I was making, not just with my PE, but within the classroom. I was like, you know what? I can actually reach out to a lot of children who may be misunderstood or like bracketed under like tricky children. Or yeah, I, I felt like I could, I could make a difference to a lot of children and those who were maybe pushed to the side. And yeah, um, I applied for university based upon my, uh, my experience and um, yeah, started my accelerated primary education degree, which is where I met Matty. So that was two year course. And it was three years worth of work crammed into that. And then applied applied for my PGC at Leeds Beckett as well. And yeah, here we are, almost at the end of our phase three. Um, so yeah, I don't know, both me and Matt have been pretty, it's been pretty full on throughout our university. I mean, we've not really had any respite because our undergraduate was pretty intense as well. And I'm sure mm -hmm. Matt's going to elaborate as why he, he, he fell into teaching as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, slightly different. Obviously, I'm a bit older than uh, than young Sam. He's only a little pup. Um, but yeah, as a as, as a near, nearly 30-year-old now, fairly late into teaching, not compared to a lot of people, but still fairly late. Was a gas engineer at British Gas for four and a half years before decided I want to go back to university. Always coached and worked with children. Um, I used to play football, so I used to do a lot of coaching with children. When I was younger, I did like, my placements at school, you know, work experience, bits and pieces like that at a local primary school. Yeah, didn't really want to be a teacher, didn't really um, want to be a coach, but just knew I liked working, working with children. And then, yeah, as I sort of got a bit older um, and realised I kind of needed a, wanted a career um, for the next sort of 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, that's when I started really considering the the teaching route. And whilst I was doing that, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of kind of like volunteer work experience with uh, at my mum's primary school and with a couple of other schools as well around my local area in the south. So um, just from that, really, it kind of uh, led me to to applying for the same undergrad as Sam. And then, yeah, from there, just uh, sort of gone on, really. I just love it. I love uh, I love I love education. I just think it's fascinating, fascinating there. Uh, industry uh, not just teaching but all of it uh, that's where a lot of our kind of friendships stem from really um, at the beginning and thankfully it's uh, hanging on by a thread <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it blossomed. We, we peaked, Matty. That's what happened. We peaked too early. Our friendship <laughs> peaked too early, lad. <laughs> That's what's up, isn't it? This has been a really, yeah. Obviously, this has been a really unusual year for trainee teachers. What do you think the impact has been on, in terms of workload of the pandemic and working from home and going back into the classroom? Go on, Matt. You go first. I think at start it was okay. It was all right. I think uh, at the beginning of the placement, our, we had a really good um, experience of our university in terms of the organisation and the way they kind of laid things out. Um, for phase one and phase two was really good. And I think um, even during that, that second kind of heavy lockdown, uh, students really well. Um, and don't get me wrong, there was extra work, particularly as you know, Sam will tell you about his experiences having 28 kids, online lessons as well. Um, so in terms of that side of things, the workload, yeah, was, was heavier. But I think depending on the mentor you had, depending on the school you had that was supporting you, um, I think it was managed well. I was fortunate enough to um, have, have some really good sort of mentorship um, and support over that period um, of my placement. And yeah, just it was, it was just a really enjoyable second placement for me, particularly I was in year two. So um, just ended up absolutely loving it by the end um, and leaving. So yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's heavy, but I think they're, depending on the university, depending on the alliance that you're with, depending on the mentors that you have, or depend on how you find it, I think. I think following up from Matt, I think firstly, shout out to Lise Beckett. I mean, we've been privileged enough to go through our undergrad and PGC from, and they are class, to be honest with you. They, yeah, everything they've done has just been un unreal. Uh, I think in regards to like, the workload this year, I think if you ask anyone, because this year's just been unknown, it is different from every single person. So like my experience um, compared to Matty's is different. So like Matty outlined for my phase two, I was in school every day still, and I was teaching 28 children um, per day and doing online learning as well to children at home. So like in a sense, my my workload Double. doubled because I was still planning and I was still marking and I was having to do online feedback and everything like that. So it was a bit it was a bit mental. And like Matty said, it depended on the depends on the school that, that you were in, depends on your mentors. And yeah, it's just, it, it it's, and also as well, I think the thing to consider this year for a lot of people, even teachers as well, has been new to everyone. So like for me and Matty, because everything was online, younger people in brackets, okay, might be seen to be like, or more technologically advanced than other people. So I feel like some responsibility has been shifted to us more because we might have more knowledge on, on that side than, than others might do. So I think that's another factor to take in consideration, especially for training teachers here, if they were in during phase two. But I mean, I think me and Matty reflect on it quite well. I mean, we, we said on one of our podcast episodes that even during our workload and stuff, even during that, that lockdown period, we were quite lucky because we were able to go out to work, essentially. We were able to go and have social interaction of of some of some limit um and have a have a routine whereas we weren't stuck in stuck indoors every single day and i think that's what got us through our phase two because we just saw it mm. as you know what we're, quite, we're, we're kind of in a privileged position here and also as well the experience that we gained for us it puts us ahead of quite like a, a lot of people and it looks good on our cv as well yeah definitely i think just the uh the routine and being able to get out was just a huge played a huge part um yeah for me especially something that really sort of helped me just carry on 
you know, because I'm uh, I'm not the best at working from home at the best of times. So uh, yeah, for me to be able to go into school and uh, see people and interact um, and actually teach what what few children I had at any one time was was better than being at home. <laughs> I'm not about just, that life. <laughs> just so, just so people are aware, Matty is a free spirit and he will just chat to anyone. So that that is why Matty needed the routine and structure. <laughs> oh man, I need it. I need I need people. <laughs> this might be a weird question because as you say it's been a really different year so i might rephrase it and make it kind of more general do you think there's anything that could be done to make workload more manageable for trainee teachers say on a pgc or any other course <laughs> Oof, do we I, uh, I <laughs> go on do you want to go first Matty, or do you want me to go first uh, you go first diplomatically i think i think it depends on your university and like me and matty said like we've been blessed with the fact that we've been under Lee's Beckett guidance throughout this whole thing. I think a huge part is to do with um, your mentors and how good they are and their experience as well. It is true. Mentors make or break trainee teachers. And you, there's two ways of looking at it. If you have a negative experience, you'll be more, more equipped going into your, your years as a teacher because you've been through that experience and you just need to get through it. The flip side is if you have a really good mentor, then you'll be really prepared for it. It's just, yeah, I'd rather, yeah, everyone in an ideal world would love to have like a class mentor who would give them a guidance, support them and just see them through and just literally, yeah, when the time's right, let them be sort of thing. So I think it, I think it's down to individuals and individual experience. So yeah, I would agree for me in terms of actually just looking at the workload itself, I would say that there's probably too many extra little tasks and things that that the governing bodies will ever want to see uh where you end up kind of just yeah. like repeat you're repeating yourself and you you almost like you plan something then you have to prove it to you've got to prove it to your teacher then you've got to deliver it then you've got to prove it to university that you've planned it and then and then gone and delivered the lesson and then you've got to prove that you've evaluated so rather than being able to go and talk to your mentor and just have a chat about it you, you're then gonna have to somehow prove it again and it's you know i think for me it's just a few bits of unnecessary paperwork which for a trainee you know when you talk to experienced teachers they always say to you you know it, the workload gets easier when you're a, when you're a teacher when you actually because yeah. because you don't have the extra kind of uh sort of boxes to tick do you know what I mean? To, to, to qualify. So I think from that side of things, that's probably the only thing that I would say um, in terms of workload that they could maybe change is uh, being able to maybe just take away a few extra steps um, outside of the classroom. It's very evidence-based. I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 I, I had a few trainee teachers um, and the two complaints, well, not even complaints, but the two kind of problems were always they had to use the lesson format the university provided, the lesson plan format, um, which was just extra yeah. work. Because quite often they'd plan it on how they liked to plan it and then have to fill in this format and just keeping their folder up to date. What's one of them? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my folder's well up to date as well. It is a lot, to be honest with you. But I feel like as well, like with the, there could be such a better way to do it because obviously we get observed both unofficially and formally as well. That should form like how 
your lesson is delivered and I, it should be based off that essentially because and a day you, you can observe it yeah just what matt said about the lesson format and stuff it's just it's long and winded and it's just not necessary <laughs> yeah i think that's diplomatically they're probably probably the things that we would suggest are something to look at from uh from an overall bigger picture yeah. in terms of the workload, I think that would benefit the most, the most trainees. I think the, the a lot of the trainees that we we are fortunate to connect with and and speak to on on Instagram and Twitter, um, would we'll, we'll say the same. Yeah, definitely. I think we've kind of covered this question in in the last couple of questions. But given that burnout is one of the most common reasons teachers leave the profession, what do you think that new teachers can do to sort of work in a more sustainable way? For, for me, 100%, you have to find a routine. You have to you have to get a routine sorted from Monday to Friday because if you're going into teaching, you will be in school at half past seven and there'll be days where you're leaving at 5, 5.30. Like, that is literally non-negotiable. Like, that is just how it is. So you need to find a way that you can work around that, that lifestyle. Now, me and Matt have different things. So, for example, like in the morning, I go for a run. In the evening, I, I might go to the gym, but before bed, I, I, I read a book, for example. But there's different ways uh, people can manage their lifestyle to tailor towards teaching. And the other thing that I would say as well is make sure that you are prepared. So if you have a holiday, I mean, I know this from my face free and stuff, make sure that you are prepared with planning uh, or anything that's going to just help, help reduce your, your workload. Yeah, I think uh, you definitely highlighted the difference between me and you there with your uh, your routine compared to mine. <laughs> okay, this is, I hope this is coming out on a Friday Friday night because that's when I'll be at my best, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think the routine is really important uh, for managing your workload. I think for me, it's about taking that time away. I have to, yeah. have, I have, to have probably a, a Friday night and a Saturday off to not think about it because um, just the way I am, I can't stay switched on to, to school and teach him seven days a week. I can't do it. But I, and it's and I think a lot of, a lot of training teachers try too hard to do it. You know, I think there is Twitter is amazing, Instagram's amazing, um, but you can feel maybe forced not not because of anyone else but just because of yourself if you see so many people constantly working constantly um planning constantly kind of looking for ideas and, and things like that and sharing ideas you kind of if you take a couple of days away from that you either feel like you missed out or something and yeah i just think for trainees to be able to take yourself away give yourself a particular day of the week maybe or an evening of the week um to yourself to do what you like to do and just switch off from school, I think is really important. That's that's something that I um, have noticed about me this year, particularly in the last probably six to eight weeks since my amount, the amount of teaching that I'm doing is, is stepped up. That kind of, that day that day off is like, it's huge for me. Because um, you do, like you say, Sam said, you, you work late. I mean, I've got plans to do after this. I've been planning. Yeah. I've been planning pretty much since uh, since I got home. So like, you know, Monday to kind of Thursday, you're pretty much written off. Like you're written off for anything else you want to do um, mm -hmm. because you are just constantly thinking about the next day or the next week. So I think, yeah, being able to kind of have that day, whether it's a Friday, Saturday or Sunday, uh, where you can unwind and just take a step away from it, um, I think is really important. Yeah, do not go into it thinking that it's a nine to three job because 
unfortunately, you are, delu- you, you are deluded. <laughs> like, put it politely, you are deluded. Like, it's not. It really isn't. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely not, is it? It's definitely not. I mean, I remember being there some days until the caretaker left and he had to kick me out at half past seven sometimes. It's just, it's mad. It is mad sometimes. Oh, yeah, it is. And one thing I have found, actually, which I didn't think would be the case for me, but, you know, I don't really like working at home, to be honest, especially when I was doing my um, degree. I used to always go out into the library to kind of study and do my assignments. But uh, since I've been teaching, I found myself having to kind of stay at school to about half four. But then, like, I need to come home and, and kind of give myself half an hour, 45 minutes, and just a different scenery yeah. to kind of get back yeah. to planning and stuff again. Like, I feel like when I'm stuck, when you're stuck at school, you end up kind of talking to other people about like how their day's gone or sharing kind of like ideas or or things like that, which is great. But then all of a sudden it's five o'clock and you've not done any of the work you wanted yeah. to do. So it's just like, <laughs> so it's just like, well, great. <laughs> this is great. I've been here since seven, half seven in the morning. I've got all yeah. of tomorrow's planning or all of next week's planning <laughs> to do still. And I've got to go home. <laughs> so yeah, yeah so no, I think, uh, yeah, just yeah, find, I mean, finding... Oh, go on. No, yes, that's really interested to hear your answer to this next question, actually. What is something that you wish you'd known before you started your teacher training? I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that I know anything more now. I feel like you you kind of everything you kind of get told happens before you know any any time you speak to an experienced teacher or someone that's gone through their NQT or PGCE year. You know, it's all the same. Everyone says it's the same. They know. They say about it's, it's difficult. They say that it's hard. To, I think the thing that we forget as a trainee is that you jump from year group to year group in the space of about two months. Now, every other teacher that's qualified, they get to spend year two, three years minimum in a particular year group. Right? Whereas we as trainees have to jump. Yeah. You have to adapt in such a short period of time. You have to learn a new class, you have to learn to work with a new teacher, you have to learn to go to a new school, you have to learn um, the curriculum, you have to learn the subject knowledge, all in a space of sort of two, three month period. And I think that's probably overlooked. That's probably something that's overlooked, but I think which probably doesn't get enough attention, maybe I would say in terms of when you when you reflect on, on what people say, you get the usual, you know, the workload's tough, you work long hours, teaching's a long day, uh, bits and pieces like that. But I think the lack of kind of recognition for from beforehand, I would say, in terms of being um, adaptable to year groups and classes and class sizes and, and teachers and schools and, and policies and curriculum is um, something that probably needs a bit more chat about before you go into your PGC year. I think I think for me, me personally, I was quite lucky in the fact that I'd done like five, five years of school experience so i knew all the stuff that they didn't they don't teach you on a pgc in regards to routine policies and, and, and things like that i think similar to matt i don't think it's a, a case of something that we wish we knew because you're bound to learn things on, on your pgca i think for me um i think a lot uh, the pandemic had quite a impact because i was meant to be, uh, do like ta in for like th- uh, three four months before starting my pgca which would have put me in a better position in regards to like subject knowledge um, of the classroom uh, and for different year groups. So I feel like if there's a, a bit of advice for some people, like obviously you don't know what's coming on the corner, like we didn't know that we we're going to enter into a global pandemic. So 
get as much experience as you can before starting up in the GCE or training year, whether or not that's volunteering or as a, as a TA. And make sure that you're, yeah, up to scratch with your um, subject knowledge because, yeah, if you don't know it, like, the teachers won't call you out. The kids will call you out for it. So, yeah, don't get embarrassed like that. That's all I would say about it. Especially if, you get, especially if you're in year six like I am right now. You need to be bang on it. <laughs> on it, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, go, to go from year two to year six is a jump. Like, it, is, it is a jump. Um, yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, it is a joke. So, yeah. Oh, I think, year uh, six grammar. Oof. Oh, my life. Nah, nah. Yeah. There you are. <laughs> Is a uh, yeah. It's just um, I think just be aware of that. Be aware of kind of the jump in between year groups. That's probably uh, one of the things that I would say is the hardest about the PGCE. Um, is just that 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 changing of class, changing of environment. Um, but like Sam said, we've had a couple of um, guests on the, our podcast that uh, have said how much TA helped them. Um, likes of Katie Hemmings, who was in Key Stage One. Tara Cross, who's just an NQT. Uh, Lois Joe here again, did some TAing. So you know, there's a, a lot of a lot of the people that we spoke to, which have done, which is teaching now and have done well. They they're um they're big advocates of being a TA before before starting your training. Yeah, I think that's really good. Matt, can I just ask you about something you said earlier? So you were kind of touching on that some people almost get quite competitive during their training year, and it's it's working all hours, and it's you know everything has to be perfect. And I think the trouble with that is you're, you're training for potentially a 30-year career and it's not a sustainable way to work. Mm. So I, I know the training year is different and it does get a bit easier in the NQT year, but actually, if I'm being brutally honest, that that's still hard. So I, get, I guess in terms of working sustainably, how important do you think that is for new trainees to get on top of? I think you definitely can't compare yourself to other teachers that's number one um, in terms of as a trainee because even me and sam are completely different like yeah. you know we've got gone through our undergrad together both completely different gone through our pgc together both completely different like you have to accept the like you're different people still you know not everyone works the same he'll work way more hours than i will 100 percent <laughs> I know that he knows that, uh, and that's I'm absolutely fine with that. <laughs> but you know, you just have to find really what works for you and pick kind of the information and the advice that you think is going to help you the most. The mentors I've had this year, whether it's I've been lucky because the advice they've given me is it's kind of helped me as a teacher in terms of they've kind of got my personality and that side of things and they've kind of sort of given me little tips how long term to kind of keep on top of uh, your routine keep on top of your workload you know whilst also whilst also kind of looking after yourself and i think uh i think the good thing about the pandemic is i think that's brought it's brought it to the forefront more and um, that kind of awareness of, 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 you know, looking after yourself. And I think the change from NQT to ECT to two years, I think is, um, is another example of, uh, just, just kind of people recognizing that, yeah, it was an issue for teachers, that, you know, there's such a high turnover over such, such a short period of time. And I think making them changes to, to reduce that pressure, obviously it's always going to have pressure, but, you know, reduce that pressure, I think is, is obviously positive. Since we're kind of talking about the long term, Sam, what do you, what do you think is sort of the barrier with 
teachers staying in the profession? Why do you think so many teachers drop out in the first five years? Well, luckily we we, we did a we did a podcast on this, didn't we? we? I think it was like our first or second one. I think the stat was, I think after the first year, twenty five percent drop out, and then after five years, thirty three percent of teachers drop out after five years. So it's it's a huge huge turnover. I think a lot of it is to do with, I think a lot of people go into into the profession not realizing what the profession actually entails. I don't think they realize how antisocial the hours can be and actually they might have to go up on their weekends sometimes and actually they, they might be um, in school until six, seven o'clock clock in the evening. And I think some people, yeah, they don't realize that that, 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 that happens. I think, I think there was a perception of teachers, like it's an easy job, nine to three. I think there might've been like a slight shift because of the pandemic. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. I'm sure there's people out there who still think it's a nine to three job and it's 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 easy. It's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, trust me. But yeah, I think like Matt touched on as well. The shift from YNQT RQT is a massive thing, and they've called, called it now early career teachers. So basically, our NQT year will stay the same. So we still have a reduced 10% timetable of a full teaching timetable, but the second year is is reduced to five percent so when you were actually in rqt it didn't really matter you were straight into full-time teaching whereas in our second year as being an ect we still have a, a certain percentage reduced so again it's good because it it gradually builds us up to where we need to be uh, as a teacher and as well there is six new schemes of work to support early career teachers that schools now have to follow it's now policy so rather than schools having their own way of doing things it's consistent nationally so even if you went to like a different school after your first year of ect which is probably not recommended to do you might find a school that follows the same um policy as your previous school so again mm. that helps massively because you are you're being developed on the same pathway yeah. so the consistencies will help massively but yeah just to go going back to answer to the question i think i think like me and Matt have been talking about, I think workload is an absolute killer. And and end of the day, it is about how much you actually want to be a teacher. It goes to the point, how much do you want to make a difference to young people? How much do you actually want to change education? And how important do you actually see education? Now, me, like Matt touched on the start. The reason why me and Matt started the podcast is because we want that. We want change in education for the better. We see it as a real driver for creating a better society and making good people in society. And, if you've got that passion and drive and you're in education for for the right reasons, then it's worth it. A hundred percent it's worth it. And me and Matt have got aspirations to, to go places, whether or not they happen or not, we'll see. But <laughs> no, not, not at the moment. <laughs> I'll take I'll take a job if there's any going around the West Yorkshire area. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You just gotta have a passion for it. I will um, say on the um, just on the on the job front, just accept that you're gonna get rejections and listen to the advice um yeah. from teachers and people around you because uh, yeah. as trainees particularly around this time um you know obviously it's about mental health awareness and things like that particularly around this time where the competition for jobs is so high um arguably higher now than ever due to um the lack of probably people leaving the profession uh, because of the job security and things like that um just be be uh, support each other as trainees um accept 
the feedback take as much feedback as you can and if you don't you know do get rejected or you don't get um, an interview don't don't feel like personally it's, it's an attack on you i think because they have to follow a process the people that are picking the you know the slt they have to follow a process um to be fair to to everyone across the board you know with with tens of tens and and hundreds of applicants for a single job they have to follow a process so yeah just kind of look after yourself over the next the next few months stay positive really and, and sort of listen to listen to help people around you because um, i think mental health wise this is probably arguably the most stressed period for a for a trainee Oh yeah, definitely. It's been so good having you both on, Sam and Matt. I could honestly, I could talk to you for ages, but I'll let I'll let you go into your planning. <laughs> do you, Do you have anything you want to say to the trainees before we sign off? Follow us. Well, yeah, follow come, us on come Twitter, follow us. Yeah. Teach them tomorrow uh, at, at Teach them tomorrow on Instagram uh, and on Twitter. You guys obviously shout us out at, at TFT Pod. Like I say, we are trainees. You know, we're learning. We're we're all, we're in the same position as as the people we're probably trying to talk to now. Um, so. Yeah, we're not here to know everything. We're just trying to learn along with you. Yeah, like I say, all jokes aside, it is a great career. Um, it is, it is well worth it. Um, and it is, like I say, okay to have bad days. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Just, just support, just, support yeah. each other, support each yeah. other. Look after you. Look after the people around you. Um, don't be afraid to to open up if you have a bad day. Me and Sam are the first people to ring each other up and you know have a little rant or. Um, you know, say, oh, this didn't go well in my lesson today and, and things like that, you know, be open and be be able to talk to people and reflect and you'll be fine. You'll be a great teacher. So, yeah, that's yeah. what I'd say. But I think the training that, that listen to this podcast, I find that really interesting. So I'd rather love to have somebody to talk to like that during my PGC. Yeah, I think you really do really doing such. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you two have such great attitudes i think yeah please keep doing what you're doing and anyone listening oh. give sam and matt to follow yeah no, oh, we appreciate you. it guys That's honestly yeah. yeah it's been, been great to come on and uh you know if you ever want to listen to us ravel on again let me know yeah always always thank you for inviting us absolute pleasure thank you Oh, no, no, you've been brilliant guests. So I should just wrap up by saying this will be available on all our socials. It'll be on Facebook, Twitter, on Buzzsprout, Spotify now. I'm trying to get it on the Apple uh, podcast channel. We'll see if I manage that. Um, yeah, you've been, have a, you've been have with a us great week. Yeah, and um, do, do reach out if you if you are struggling. All right. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. everyone. Cheers.